We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. And now, broadcasting 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year, all Packers, all the time, this is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Pack-A-Day Podcast. This is our positional group episodes. We are working today on the tight end group. I am luckily to be joined by Dusty Evely, uh, who is going to be joining me as we break down the tight ends in the positional grouping today. Uh, Let me introduce Dusty first of all. Uh, Dusty and I are going to be working together this season uh, in a variety of different ways through the uh, Pack-A-Day podcast, Uh, but Dusty is an absolute film guru. Uh, If you have not seen the stuff that he has done on Aaron Rodgers uh, at any point, he's done a couple different breakdowns. It has been retweeted by, I think, everyone, including uh, every major political leader throughout the world, uh, every major (laughs) sports figure. Uh, you name it, it's been retweeted. It's an it's amazing piece of work, yeah, finding all the film that Rogers has just been absolutely epic and amazing throughout. Um, he also does the Pack to the Future podcast. You can find him at All 22 Talk. Um, he's super knowledgeable and all-around awesome guest. I'm so excited to be working with him this season on the podcast, and he's joining me today as we break down the tight ends. Dusty, how are you doing, man? Uh, after that intro, I'm doing tremendous, Andy. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the season, man. It's going to be awesome. Look, really looking forward to working with you on this. 
I appreciate it. I appreciate you joining. You were, uh, you know, one of the very first people that I reached out to in regards to starting up this podcast. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, really looking forward to working with you throughout the season. And let's just jump right in to the tight ends. Uh, for those uh, who are just kind of checking us out for the first time, we're starting these positional group breakdowns with everyone that's kind of podcasting together. This is all of our first times working together in these individual teams. We're just kind of getting our sea legs underneath us. We're working with a lot of our equipment and uh, all of this stuff for the first time. So, uh, you know, work with us. You know, we're kind of practicing for the very first time, but we're very excited to be bringing you this content. Content. And uh, the very first day that we're going to be doing our first podcast is uh, July 26th to coincide with the start of Packers training camp. So get pumped up for that. We're going to jump right into the tight ends today. Um, obviously, Dusty, I'm going to start just kind of by giving a, a breakdown of the recent tight end groups um, that the Packers have had over the course of the last few years. To me, the Packers have obviously emphasized tight end as a position that really makes their offense go. When you look at a team over the course of the past few years who hasn't uh, put a lot of money and time into free agents, they've certainly gone out of their way to sign Jared Cook two years ago, or excuse me, three years ago, um, and then Martellus Bennett and Lance Kendricks a season ago, and then obviously uh, Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis this offseason. So I think it's obviously a position group that they feel that they really want to address. They have haven't had somebody uh, really since Jermichael Finley and then kind of towards the end with Jared Cook that's really been able to unlock the offense. And obviously now the hope is that Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis are going to be kind of the answers to the question at that tight end position. Uh, but let's start right away with uh, taking a look at what kind of went wrong this past season with Martellus Bennett and to an extent Lance Kendricks. They were obviously hoping for huge things out of their tight ends last year. They didn't get that. What kind of went wrong with uh, with both of those and just kind of the tight end group as a whole? Yeah, I mean, Bennett's the big one there. I mean, you brought him up, and there's about a thousand different things you could talk about with Bennett. But I mean, that, before going into the season, uh, that was, like you said, it was Bennett and Kendricks, um, which this, is, this makes the third year in a row now that I've had to get really excited about a new tight end grouping, only to have to get excited about a new one the next year, uh, which is a weird little tradition to have. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bennett was, you going into that last year was, okay, Bennett's the number one. Like, that's awesome. Bennett's going to be great and the number one. Kendricks is not amazing. Maybe slipped a little. He's a fine number two. And then Richard Rogers is a fine number three. Once Bennett kind of, I don't know if forced his way out is the right forced his way out is, is the correct way. To do that. I mean, he dealt with injuries. He clearly after Rogers was out, um, I mean, even before Rogers was in his, his, I kept saying he's going to catch balls, man. He's not going to drop balls all season. Like it's Bennett. Like he's going to, he just, he didn't seem overly in tune with everything uh that first week he looked really good after that it was so, it's like somewhat disinterested and just kind of brick hands which he had not had consistently throughout his career um and then once rogers went down it was just total disinterest which just forced everyone up i mean that you get that with injuries but this bennett situation just seemed weird and so suddenly kendricks was the one and rogers was back in the two or you could even flip them maybe rogers was one and kendricks was two it just and once once Bennett went down, like you had a very clear one, two, three ranking. And once he went down, it kind of it, it threw all that stuff up in the air. That's that's kind of where it went. Kendricks is fine. Kendricks is on a number one. And we knew that. Uh, we just hoped he wasn't going to be put in that position. Yeah, I think looking back a season ago, I know I was incredibly excited that, you know, Martellus Bennett was going to be the alpha male at tight end. He was able to block. He was able to receive. Mm-hmm. 
you had that number one guy, as you mentioned, and then Rodgers and Kendricks really, I thought were going to complement each other very well. Yeah. Kendricks being more the receiving tight end, Rodgers being more the blocking tight end. If you wanted to go more power formations, you line up both with Bennett and Rodgers. If you want to go more receiving options, you mm-hmm. line up with Bennett and Kendricks. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, for whatever reason, uh, to start off with, it, it really just didn't click with Bennett, which maybe to an extent isn't super surprising. I mean, Cook had the injuries to start off with, but it took a little while for Rodgers yeah really to get on the same page. But I I remember last year when I was doing my weekly grades uh, on Cheesehead TV, I very quickly in in week two and three, I was already noting that Martellus Bennett was not playing up to at least the expectations that I had had for him. Uh, He wasn't grading well for me in either the run game or the pass game. And and I just, I'm not sure that it was ever the perfect fit that anyone was expecting it to be. You know, Bennett's not somebody that really is consistently – open and, and, and finds his way to two or three yards open against any oh, yeah. sort of defender. He's kind of open even when he's covered because of his immense size, his immense strength. You kind of have to throw to him covered. And that's, you know, obviously Rodgers can fit a ball anywhere. You've shown that in, in a lot of the work that you've done on Twitter with Rodgers, but he generally likes to be somebody who throws to receivers who are open. He can fit it in very accurately. And I just don't know that he and, and, and Rodgers and, and Bennett ever really got on the same page. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. Another part, I mentioned the drops. I mean, one of the big things with Bennett that struck me was, like, he seemed about three steps slow last year. Like, out the gate. He was never super fast, but he was slower. And so that that makes it more important to get off with that first step or something. He he was a guy that could get open. The speed we saw from week one, it was like, I don't – at some point this is coming up, right? Like, he's going to start running? It just never <laughs> happened. Like, I don't know what happened. No, it never clicked. It never happened. And then, as you mentioned, once Rodgers went down, everything was over from there. And and Green Bay was forced to kind of work with the other tight ends they had on the roster. And and there was never any chemistry or amazing work between Hunley and any of the tight ends at that point. So uh, that well, let's kind of touch base on Lance Kendricks a little bit then. Uh, yeah. how, did, how did you feel Kendricks worked, obviously, uh, with Bennett there, with Rodgers there? And then, obviously, as, as Hunley kind of came in and, and they had to make that transition as kind of the number one tight end at that point. What was your take on Kendricks? I don't think he was great. I think, and I haven't looked at his numbers uh, in a while. I think if you look at his numbers, he didn't look terrible because I feel like he had two plays that he was just somehow sneakily wide open 30 yards down the field. Like, I feel like, again, like, I feel like, I, I feel like he's fine as a two or as we're going into this season, I, I feel probably a, a three at best, we'll say, going into this season with the additions that have been made. Um I think he was fine. I, I used to be a really, really, really big Richard Rodgers fan. And then once I started paying attention to Richard Rodgers, like, oh, I don't know why I'm Richard Rodgers. This guy does nothing well. I, I don't, I, he catches the ball well. I apologize. He catches the ball well. Yeah. Uh, and so I felt Kendricks was, he was different than Rodgers, but I felt like he was basically better than Richard Rodgers. And I was kind of done with Rodgers. Um, so I don't think he was amazing, but I, as a two or a three, I think he's perfectly fine. I, I don't really have an issue with him. I, I think if he's your number one guy or as, as we found out, uh, he's not good. But uh, two or three, I'm, I think I'm fine with. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting transitioning him this season, obviously with the additions of, of Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis. If he does make it as that number three tight end, you know, he I, I think he has a lot more flexibility to be that receiving tight end, come in in a few special packages, but, you know, uh, and really work his way just in that receiving tight role. He's never been much of a blocker. That was never going to be the way that he was going to be used. So I, I think he has the ability maybe to come in and play more to his strengths, uh, assuming he makes it. I think that's going to be one of the interesting things to watch this off. Season, he's got a cap hit of two point two three million. They save one point six three million by releasing him. 
uh, you know, once you get to that third and fourth potentially tight end spot, special teams starts becoming really, really important. Obviously, Jimmy Graham's not going to be playing special teams. He played on about 2% of special teams a season ago. Um, I'm assuming the vast majority of that was probably on like the hands team. Uh, Mercedes Lewis only played about 16% of special teams and uh, Lance Kendricks was right around that spot too at about 15%. So if he can't show that he can play as a special teams player, he's not going to be a run, you know, run blocking tight end. He, he, he has to kind of make it as a very special niche, uh, re- you know, receiving tight end in order to have value. And at 2.23 million, I think it could be a really interesting decision with Kendricks coming up this off season. For sure, yeah. And I mean, you mentioned I was going to look up his numbers here. Oh, you, you mentioned <laughs> receiving tight end. Like he's not even a great receiving tight end. In fact, I'm looking at him now. Like he's last season, he it was 51.4 percent was his catch rate. Now we'll go ahead and say that a lot of that was with Hunley, and so a lot of those balls, I'm going to go ahead and say he probably didn't have a shot at. Um, but I mean, he the previous year he didn't hit 60 percent. Like as a tight end, not hitting 60 percent two years in a row, like that's somewhat concerning for a guy you consider to be a receiving tight end. No, I 100% agree. I, to me, he's going to have to show some improvement in order to stick around, but we'll get kind of to, to that roster breakdown in just a little bit here. But I want to obviously spend the majority of our time here talking about Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis. I know both you and I have done some extensive uh, tape study on both of these players. What were your initial takeaways on Graham and Lewis, and what do you think they're going to bring this upcoming upcoming season? Graham I was kind of surprised by because, you know, I, I knew and I kept saying, because, um, you know, I watched some Seahawks games just out of hate and spite, hoping they would fail. So I'd seen Graham a little bit over the past few years. And, and the refrain, the popular refrain was they weren't using him correctly, um, using him a lot lined up off the line, uh, trying to get him to block and chip, which is not Jimmy Graham's game. And that's all true. Um, I also, in my mind, had that he had like slowed down considerably and he probably has. He's still plenty fast. I think that's the thing that surprised me is, is Graham's still fast. He's when he, uh, he comes out of a route, like a top of a route, real quick turn, real quick turn. Um, he'll have his drops, but I mean, the thing that's, uh, the, and this will surprise absolutely no one. The thing that stood out to me is just how he's used on the goal line, just inside the 10, you could run. Like if you, there was so much, they would just kind of ISO him out to one side. You can do four or five different things with them and, Whoever is it, whether that's a linebacker or a safety or a corner, they have no shot at, at doing anything with it. Um, the one part I say he struggled in anything back shoulder, like basically at the waist or below the shoulders, he had like he had a real hard time getting. You throw it up high, he was fine, uh, but anything low, he had a real hard time getting around and getting. Um, and then just sometimes he drops balls, but that, I think that's the thing that stood out to me. Is he's he's faster than I thought he was. Uh, He's not top level like he used to be, but he's, he's still very fast, very athletic. Um, Lewis, kind of the same thing. I mean, he's a, a dynamite blocker. Um, he didn't have as many chances to catch balls in, in Jacksonville, and part of that's because of Bortles, and part of that's just because he, that's not his game. But he's right. more athletic than I thought he was. Um, when he gets up the field, he can, on occasion, make a man miss. Um, he's got a, a nice step, like decent speed, pretty good hands. Uh, I really like both those guys. I, I think I think we're going <laughs> – I think by week two, people are going to be frustrated at Graham for dropping a couple of passes. But I think I, I think said the same thing before last year with Bennett, right? Like I think both these guys are going to, have to upgrade the position. I'm really really excited because, like you were talking about the the previous one, you get Graham as the receiving guy. You you bring in a package with Graham, who, like I'll say, is a somewhat willing blocker. Uh, he's not amazing. Agreed. And then uh, and then um, Lewis, who is a tremendous run blocker. You bring a package with those two guys in. Uh, I, you could do a lot a lot of things there. I think there's a lot of versatility there. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about him. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree with absolutely everything that you said. I'm going to start with Mercedes Lewis. I think when you get that late in the offseason to find a player at about $2 million a year for this year who is literally the best at what he does in the league, which is uh, be a run-blocking tight end, at a position of need, which at that point Green Bay had no run-blocking tight ends, uh, to be able to find that type of player that late in the offseason for that cheap is absolutely incredible and a very, very shrewd move. Uh, by Brian Gutekunst. So I was very impressed by that. And when I watched the tape on him, I saw a lot of the same things you did. Obviously a tremendous run blocker, uh, very solid in pass protection when he's asked to Mm -hmm. as well. The biggest thing that stood out to me is he's, you know, dare I say, you know, sneaky athletic in the open field. I was never expecting him to have any sort of elusive ability in the open field. And he he made way more people miss than should have ever been physically possible Mm -hmm. at that age and that size and that speed. But he really, really did. I think he's going to be the absolute perfect complement to Jimmy Graham, uh, which is kind of a perfect segue into Jimmy Graham. I think adding Mercedes Lewis really makes life so much easier on Jimmy Graham because he can then be that flex tight end. He's not going to have to come in and block. I think your your immediate best formation uh, on offense comes with both Lewis and Graham in the lineup because then you can move Graham all over the place and talk about red zone options. Devontae Adams is already one of the best red zone weapons in all of football. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football in the red zone with being able to buy time and scramble and do everything else he can do. Now you add two six foot seven behemoths that can uh, line up outside and, and go and get jump balls. They can do back shoulder fades. They can do a variety of different things. I have no idea how you defend Green Bay. Uh, in and, then the just put, and then you put Cobb underneath it all. Like oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> like as like your fourth option. Like it's preposterous. Yeah, they're going to be able to do so much in the red zone. And and obviously both of these guys are going to be helpful, uh, you know, between the 20s as well. So very, very excited about both of these additions. Uh, As you as we kind of touched base on earlier, that kind of moves potentially Lance Kendricks to that third position. Um, But we kind of touched base a little bit on uh, the special teams earlier. I I kind of mentioned that, you know, obviously Jimmy Graham's not going to be playing special teams. Lewis and and Kendricks play very minimal special teams. So that really opens up an opportunity for one of these younger tight ends that are on the roster to really make a name by playing special teams. If you want to make it as a number three, number four tight end, you really have to start by making your name in that regards. Um, There's four other tight ends that are on the roster besides the main three. Uh, You obviously have Emmanuel Bird, uh, who started um, to get some playing time at the end of last season. I know he played in the Detroit game. He had two catches, 31 yards. Uh, Also, uh, you know, notably did not play a a single snap on special teams. So even when he was moved up to the active roster, he didn't play a single snap on special teams. The guy he kind of reminds me of a little bit is DJ Williams. Both are 6'2". Uh, around the same uh, size. You know, I don't think either are super dynamic, but um, both of them have just enough run after the catch ability to kind of be a little bit dangerous. Uh, his one catch for, I think it was about 28, 29 yards. Uh, he he showed some speed. He mm-hmm. was really basically not defended on the play and basically just took a, a flat and turned it upfield and ran for 29 yards before he was touched. But he, he showed some athletic ability. I think he could be an option there. Robert Tanyan is really the guy to me who uh, is really the most intriguing prospect 
237, tremendous size, uh, obviously fitting the mold of kind of the, the Jimmy Graham, the Mercedes Lewis, these, uh, you know, large, large athletes at the tight end position. Um, he spent the final four weeks on the Packers practice squad. Um, in, in his college career, he had 20 total touchdown receptions. He was a receiver his last few years, actually started as a quarterback. Um, I think he was very wise to transition away from quarterback. <laughs> his red, red shirt season, he had 102 attempts. Uh, any uh, guesses on how many you think he completed of those 102, Dusty? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to say 45. Uh, 35. Oh. Uh, 35 of those 102 attempts he completed. <laughs> 348 yards and three touchdowns, but you watch him. Uh, he had this absolutely insane one-handed catch in the back of the end zone. He looks like a tight end, even in college, even when they were playing him at receiver, he looks like a tight end. Uh, had this awesome one-handed catch in the back of the end zone. Uh, can do some of the back shoulder and uh, uh, jump ball type stuff. So he's a player I'm really excited about. I was actually at OTAs and mini camp a, a couple weeks back. And uh, all of a sudden uh, they were playing, uh, they were doing the team activities. Uh, I was probably like seven on nine or nine on 11, something like that. And uh, all of a sudden a, a tight end flashed through the middle, uh, made this awesome catch and just exploded <laughs> up through the center of the field. And I was, uh, it just kind of caught me. I just assumed that it was maybe either Graham or, uh, you know, maybe Lewis or I wasn't exactly sure. And I looked it up and of course it was, it was Tanyan. So just kind of keep an eye on him. I think he could be someone to watch. And then the other two undrafted guys, Ryan Smith and Kevin Rader, Ryan Smith to me has a, a very, 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 very poor man's Jason Witten type game to him. Uh, he has a long way to go to get anywhere close to Jason Witten, but he's fearless over the middle. Uh, absolutely fearless, makes a living in the seam. Um, had this awesome play in the end zone where he literally runs this uh, comeback route. He runs about a, a 10 yard comeback and he just literally physicals, you know, mans up the guy across from him, just kind of chests him up. The guy, you know, back pedals about two, three yards. Uh, Smith turns around <laughs> wide open and, and he catches the easy touchdown. It's kind of just this man's game play. Um, serviceable as a blocker. And again, just kind of reminds me of a poor man's Jason Witten and then radar or radar, excuse me. I think the play that he'll always be known for um, he had this incredible catch and it was the national national semifinals, four seconds left in the game. The team was down by four uh, catches this insane one-handed catch off the back of the defender uh, to win the game and uh, send his team to the championship. So he had that awesome catch, also services, serviceable as a blocker. But for any of these four guys, to me, if they can start setting a name on special teams and being serviceable there, they're going to have the opportunity to make a roster potentially as a third or fourth tight end. And really, there's just a ton of opportunity. If Green Bay keeps four tight ends, uh, assuming they don't sign someone, one of those four guys is going to be on the roster. And if any of them can show anything, you know, I don't, as we touched base on earlier, I don't think Lance Kendricks is a lock on this roster yeah. either. So. Um, any thoughts on any of those four guys quickly? No, I mean, I kind of have my eye on Bird for a little bit uh, just because I knew his name. He looked good in that Lions game. He's uh, seven years younger than Lance Kendricks. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if someone's going to be on special teams, I'm guessing if they I'm, – I'm banking on them only carrying three. And so my my money's on Bird just because he's he's already been there a year, you know. Um, but I, that's that's kind of who I got my eye on. I, I'm at this point, for some reason, I'm just leaning Kendricks, but I wouldn't be shocked if Bird or uh, Bird or one of those other guys makes it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a sneaky uh, strong prediction. I'm gonna say that Robert Tanyan ends up making this team, which of course is I'm sure the kiss of death for Robert Tanyan, and he's probably gonna get cut tomorrow. Oh, so, yeah, right now, actually, at this yeah, moment. as we speak, there. <laughs> Uh, sorry, Robert Tanyan. Um, last but not least, uh, any last thoughts on the tight end position as a whole? 
No, like I said, I kind of joked at the top, like uh, it's it's the third straight year where I've been hyped, uh, only to have to get hyped the next year. So I'm hoping uh, with the deal, with the deals uh, these guys sign, I'm hoping they stick around past this year. And I'm hoping they show out this year. I'm hoping from week one, week two, it's uh, all right, this this was a good move because Bennett, Bennett from the jump was kind of that week one, he had a good game. And then week two, it started, I don't know what's going on here. So I'm, I'm really, really hoping good showings from these guys if, from the jump. And it's just, and just ride it all the way to the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm, I very, very high hopes for this group this year. No, I 100% agree. When I went uh, to the first mini camp and Rogers was there, and he got to play with Kendricks and uh, and Jimmy Graham, he legitimately looked like a kid on Christmas who just opened, <laughs> you know, two brand new toys and was just giddy. He was throwing everything to Graham and and uh, specifically Graham. I threw a couple to Lewis as well, but uh, you could just see he he threw this gorgeous, uh, you know, corner route to Jimmy Graham, and Jimmy Graham just skied and made an awesome play on it, caught a touchdown. You could get a very quick look at how those guys could be used this season and it was very exciting to watch in person um and no other last thoughts from me uh, i think the only last thing that i want to say make sure to follow dusty at all 22 talk uh, you can find him on twitter there you can follow myself at scani sports make sure to go out and follow the podcast at pack a day podcast all three of those on twitter uh, keep an eye out for these podcasts to begin with on SoundCloud. Uh, we're going to eventually have this up all on iTunes and Spotify and hopefully everywhere else you can locate podcasts as well as time goes on. Our official launch date again is July 26th. We plan on having a brand new podcast literally every single day, 365 days a year. We have this absolutely amazing team that's going to be bringing you all of this content. I can't wait for you guys to hear what some of these guys are and gals are going to be bringing to you this season. I think you're going to really enjoy the content. Uh, but for now, uh, Dusty, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, any last words? No, man, I got nothing. Like you, uh, you pretty much covered it. I'm really hyped for the season. I think this project's going to be amazing. Excited to be working a little more closely with you. Um, I'm, I'm just excited, man. It's going to be awesome. All right. Likewise. Thanks so much, Dusty. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, make sure to check out the rest of the podcast on these positional groups, and we will see you soon here on the Pack-A-Day podcast. Bye now. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.